0: All right, Joe asked me to record this. Everybody say hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. We like your baby. He's cute. He's cute. All right, I am not Joe Alley. Uh, Yes, Joe had a baby, well, Lauren had a baby, strictly speaking, last night, um, so he will not be able to be here. But tonight, we are going to talk about Philippians 2. Now, Philippians 2, it's got a little something for everybody. It talks about grumbling. It talks about trembling in fear. It talks about working out. I know a lot of you are into that. It's a very fit home church. So it's got a little bit of something for everybody. Now, the notes that I've read in a lot of passages, they use it around Halloween time because they talk about fear and trembling. So it's a perfect Halloween passage. They're talking about fear and trembling about God. What does that mean? So my verses are verses 12 and 13, so can somebody dig into Philippians 2 and read verses 12
1: and 13? So then, my beloved... Just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Oh. For it is God who is at work with you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Danger.
0: Thank you. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay, thank you. So we're talking about working out our salvation what the heck does that mean? How do you work out your salvation? Um, when I think of working out, sad as this is, I, I think of a lot of people here who are very strong, very fit. I think of working out. I don't think of myself anymore. Not a workout guy. Think about, you know, you got to get in the gym, you got to put in the work. The rock says. Put in the work, put in the hours. We stay hungry, we devour. Right? So you got to get in there. You got to earn it. You're not just going to get jacked and ripped like the rock on your own. You got to put in the work. So is that what he is talking about here? Is that how we become saved? You got to work it out. You got to do great things. Put in the effort. No. Whoever said that. <clears throat> no. How do we work out our salvation what does he mean by working out our salvation he's talking about drawing out something that's inside of us that you already have okay think about that now i'm not a big star wars guy but and i'm probably going to butcher this but you know if you guys are star wars people i'm up here and you're not so you have to listen to me (laughs) my understanding of star wars is that Luke Skywalker always had some amount of the force in him. So he had to work with Yoda, he had to train, and then he became powerful. He learned how to use it. He worked it out, right? So we are called to do much of the same thing. We are given salvation the moment that we pray to receive Christ, right? It starts when we pray to receive Christ, and it ends when we go meet him right? So a lot of us, I think, um, when we think of salvation, we think of it as a one-time thing. You know, we die and we're saved. That's not how they uh, talked about salvation back in the Old Testament. That's not how they talked about it in the New Testament. That's not what Paul means here. So there's three, uh, three forms of salvation. What you get the moment you pray to receive Christ, the salvation that occurs in your life as you're walking with him in a relationship with Christ, and the salvation, finally, when you go to meet your Father. Now, what are we talking about working it out? So, if I don't work out consistently, I'm going to lose all of my gains. Right? Do we know about gains in this audience? (laughs) Seems like a lot of us know about gains. Will we lose our salvation? Will we lose the gains that God worked and God died for? If we don't walk with Him, will we lose it? Not, not a hypothetical. Shout out the answer.
2: No,
0: no. no we will not lose it. So, can someone read Romans eight thirty nine, please? <clears throat> Sorry, should have assigned verses beforehand.
3: I got it. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creative created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our
0: Lord. Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us once we've received Christ. Nothing can separate us from our Father. From this gift that we've been giving, nobody can take it away from us. So why would we want what what's the why do we work to show the results of our salvation? Why why does God call us to be shining stars? What what is he What what's the purpose of any of this? We <clears throat> need other people, like Jesus, to show that we uh, like get
3: something from him.
4: Yeah. And to glorify God,
0: to glorify God. To lead, that was actually very good teamwork there. <laughs> to glorify God and to help expand his kingdom. That's why we're all here. Those of us who know Christ, know those are the two goals that we have. Go out and make disciples of all the nations, right? Amen. Amen. Hopefully, Joe the 3rd Hopefully you're listening to this in 10 to 15 years, my man. (laughs) Look forward to uh, meeting you up in heaven one day. Practically, practically, how can we work out our salvation down here? What are some things that we can do? We can pray. We can get into the word. Those are all great things. What are some more things? We just serve. That's a great thing. Absolutely. What what did we just have a retreat about? What was the whole topic of the retreat? Community? Being a part of a community? Right? What? Evangelism. Evangelism. Community? Serving? Right. So these are all things that we can do to work out our salvation. All right, so it's been a minute. Can somebody get verse 13 for me again?
5: For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his
0: good pleasure. God God is working in you. Okay? I am prone to depression. Sometimes I feel like, you know, I'm all by myself. God's not hearing me. He's not here with me. And it's important to remember he's not given up on us. He's not, um, he'll never abandon or forsake us. He's always with us. He. We have a 24-hour phone line straight to his house that he, he doesn't screen his calls. You know, he, he's always there for us. He's always working on us. He always wants to be with us. He's our Father, and he loves us. This was a very... um I think I I, I really needed to hear this. Um, Specifically, the working out, our salvation portion. Now, when you work out, you you tend to have more energy, just naturally, right? When you work out, you have more energy? Mm -hmm. Like, when you're consistently working out? Does anybody consistently work out here? (laughs) Okay. So, I understand that when you consistently work out, you have more energy. Okay, And it's the same way with working out your salvation. When you're a part of a service ministry, I think we talked about, when we're a part of a community, when we're going out there and telling our friends and our neighbors and our cousins and our family or whatever the hell, we have more energy for spiritual stuff. We have more of an appetite for God. We're closer to him. And that's exactly what he wants. That is all that I had, if I'm being honest with you. Very short. All right.
6: all right. Stay tuned. <laughs> so this battery is uh, dying. So my ninety six percent. We're all We're all dying. <laughs> We're all dying. <laughs>
2: I think I should
6: be good. But uh, stay tuned. Indeed. What a wild week, I tell you what. Supposed to teach Joe, and uh, yesterday he said uh, I might be compromised. (laughs) Lauren's in the hospital and uh, may not be able to teach. And I said, okay. Keep me updated. I'll be praying for you. Very excited uh, for your baby, of course. It's bad timing, but <laughs> it's okay. And uh, texted me uh, maybe like 10 or 11 that night. Uh, yep, they're gonna. We're, baby's coming. I was like, oh, you ain't teaching, boy.
2: <laughs>
6: so now I'm teaching the whole teaching the day before notice. Actually, I mean I probably had four hours I could probably work on it. And uh, I'm at work, like, Lord, what am I going to do? Holy moly. And so Kevin texts me at like 1230, (laughs) saying, hey, Joe sent me his notes, his outline. I could probably teach, although I have meetings all day until 5 o'clock. But I could probably teach. And I said, man, that's a lot of stress. Are you sure you want to do that? He said, I'm up for the challenge. And uh, what a serving bro. Thank you so much for doing that. It ain't easy teaching, I'll tell you what. But i tell you what's even easier, is complaining. That's my part of uh, this teaching, which is pretty good because I like to complain. It's good for me to hear this. So we talked about working out your salvation. Kevin mentioned that's something that the Lord's doing as we're walking with them, and there's also other ways we do that. Paul's going to get in here in verse 14 and tell us what that looks like. First I want to hand off a couple of verses. Literally a couple of verses. First Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen. Who wants that? Jordan? What was 5,
4: 16
6: First Thessalonians five, sixteen through eighteen. Who else? Brenda? John thirteen thirty-five. Like that verse? It's a very good verse. And I think I'll read everything else. So everyone else be in Philippians two fourteen. First verse we get here, Philippians 2.14, do everything without complaining and arguing. Sometimes listen may say grumbling instead of complaining. But Paul doesn't say like do some things or every other thing. He's saying everything without complaining or grumbling or, or complaining or arguing. This is tough. Oh boy. Complaining it's pretty easy to do especially if things aren't going very well. You know, just the other day, I was at home, working from home, glorious, glorious day to do that. And I go and put my clothes in the laundry, and, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm being productive. Turn on the washer, nothing comes out. Oof, maybe the washer's broken, it's okay, it's an older washer, I'll be okay. And I'm like, well, I better get someone to call. But slowly my blood's rising. I'm getting upset. So I go upstairs, and I say, well, maybe maybe it's the water. And I turn on the kitchen sink, water doesn't come on. I'm starting to get upset. <laughs> turn on the shower, water doesn't come on. Kitchen sink, or bathroom <laughs> sink, water doesn't come on. And the only thing I think of is, ooh, I'm, I'm ready to get upset at this house. I'm ready to complain to someone. I don't know who, but I'm going <laughs> to complain to someone. And because of his teaching, it's probably the only reason why. <laughs> I, uh, I sat there and said, hmm, yes. Yeah. Lord, thank you for this house. Uh, it's not perfect. Houses always break, and that's OK. And so I mess some guys and say, hey, man, your water out? They're like, no. And I'm like, OK, slowly inch it back up. <laughs> slowly inch it back up. All their water's fine. What's wrong with my house? Am I going to have to pay someone thousands of dollars to fix it? I'm like, whoop, no, thank you, Lord. Could be something else. Then someone says, well, check and see if there's people down the street, maybe they're working on water. And lo and behold, people were working down the street. The water line broke or something like that. So uh, seven hours later, I got water again. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Everything's okay. And everything was okay in the beginning, just a little bit of blood rise. A little bit of blood rise. But complaining, I say that because complaining is easy. Even in that situation where the Lord has blessed us with this house, there's no other way, no other reason that we have this house without the Lord. And here I am very quickly beginning to figure out who I can complain to. Who I can... Spew this uh, poison to. Even the Bible complaining is mentioned often. The commentary thinks that Paul kind of had uh, the people of uh, Exodus 16 in mind when he when he's writing this. I think this one sticks out the most. You have these people who've been slaves for several hundred years, uh, horribly mistreated, severely oppressed, and they're finally set free. Oh my God, joyous! You should be joyous, but they've been led to the desert. They've been there for a little while, on the way to the promised land, and their response, in Exodus 16, 2-3, there too, the whole community of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you are brought us into this wilderness to starve us to death. Wow, Moses and Aaron, thanks for ruining our pots filled with meat. Even though we were severely slaved and oppressed, we were, bu- we were better then. Back in slavery, we were much better than. It's so crazy the, that they would complain about this. But that really is our culture today. Still, if not even worse. Complaining is a phenomenon. Uh, you got names for people who are always complaining. What do they call them? Cairns and Kims or something like that? <laughs> Kins, Kins and K- uh, Karens. Yeah, things have gotten worse. Um, there's this crazy story about an uh, aunt and her nephew who, uh, she put his name on a lottery ticket and she told him to go turn the ticket for $1.2 million. Lo and behold, they won. Praise God, that's a million dollars. Changing your life money. And when they get there to receive the check, there were two checks instead of one. There's only supposed to be one check for the aunt. There's two checks because the son's name, the nephew's name was on the the ticket as well. So they split the earnings $620,000 each, something like that. Oh man. Well, she pissed. She said to him, I'm suing you. I'm taking you to court because you don't deserve that money. It's mine. I gave you the ticket to put in, it's my money. I don't care if your name was on it and his number was on it. So at the end of the interview, she's like, he was like a son to me, but not anymore. I'll see you in court. That's the last word she said to her nephew. Oh, it's easy to complain. Even in the midst of $600,000. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> That's a lot of money. But it was so easy for her to think of only the bad things. And I'm going to sue my nephew, who I view as a son, and I'm taking him to court. It's very easy to complain. Now, I've been talking about complaining a lot, kind of showing you the bad side of it. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Paul's wrong. What do you guys think? Is, is, do you like being around people who complain a bunch? Uh, no. No. no? No. Why is that? It's destructive. it's destructive. Negativity? Okay. It's contagious. It makes you also be really
7: negative. Yeah.
6: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You ever been in the complaining circle before? Mm-hmm. Ooh.
3: <laughs>
6: oh, yeah. Anyone else?
3: sometimes like I'm, I'm less of a negative person and so then I'll be like oh but there's good things and then they just they like often kill the good uh, things and nothing can be good and so everything I say sucks yeah, and so it's yeah. like okay what do you what do you <laughs> want to talk about anything and then it's like not let's complain tomorrow yeah <laughs> it's like not a fun conversation yeah
5: Them complaining like you're probably giving them out here here's some suggestions on how to fix the problem and they're not making any steps and it's just like what's the point? And then you're just you're getting
6: upset with them
1: mm-hmm. and then you're just like eventually get to a point where you write them off. And you're like, I'm done. Yeah. Awesome. I was gonna say I think we'd
6: have like to hear others complain because we like to complain ourselves. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So you like being around people who complain?
1: Oh, no, I'm saying... Because <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> yeah, you want know, somebody
6: to sympathize with you, you know what Yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think those are all good points. So we can agree with Paul, then. I'm not saying anything crazy here. What Paul's saying isn't crazy. We can agree on that. Very good.
4: It's pretty crazy.
6: It's pretty crazy what I'm saying? No, what Paul's saying. Oh, what Paul's saying. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Okay.
4: Everything without It's well, <laughs> pretty crazy.
6: So let's go back into Exodus, because Moses is on something that gets a little bit deeper. Exodus 16 and 8 says, then Moses added, the Lord will give you the meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning. So here you go. Here's your food. For he has heard all your complaints against him. What we have done, yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. So we see here, complaining really isn't just something you're doing all willy-nilly. This is You're complaining against, you're making a claim on God. You know, God, you led me here. I'm in this position because of you, and I don't like it. I don't like that. It sucks. Change it. And this isn't to say that you're not allowed to have issues. People have issues all the time. We get persecuted as Christians. Things uh, don't go our ways all the time. But to sit there and just complain all day and argue about your situation is really making a claim on God. God, you're letting this happen. This sucks. Change it now. So really what we should be doing is taking these to God. Instead of going to complain to your friends here or there about everything that sucks, Taking it to God and saying, man, I'm really struggling with this. I thank you for what you're doing, but this is tough. Help me through this, Lord. Help me through this. We've been talking a great deal about unity lately. Uh, like Kevin was saying, we had that retreat. Big thing was on unity, community, serving. Um, you know, the, the cell groups are, are switching up for this very reason. We're doing that cell group mashup. And, uh, man, just imagine this beautiful, fresh start. A new opportunity to unify with more people, people you don't know. And you come in, just complaining.
2: <laughs>
6: would that not spread poison would that not spread division and like David was saying it's contagious it's very contagious you know I could be complaining about it and say I don't like what this elder is doing I don't like what this leader is doing and I go talk to my friend you know man I can't believe this guy did this I can't believe he's leading our cell group this way and then all of a sudden your friend starts saying the same exact thing and then you got a little group of people now who are just complaining together about leadership or about elders or about another friend. And what does that do? What does that really do? It's not edifying. It's not uh, growing the cell group, growing your unity. It's causing division. Now, I'm going to share a verse that a lot of people won't like. And in fact, I didn't like the one I read either. First Thessalonians 5:16 through 18. This is Paul writing again, different book. That's the one I gave you. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it if you want. If you don't want to do it. No, I want to. Okay. I trust you. Okay. Make sure nobody
4: pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice, always pray, continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's,
6: Will you for you and Christ Jesus? Hmm, interesting translation. What translation is that?
2: NIV.
6: NIV. Okay, you want me to read no, it? no, no, that's fine. I'll read it. I, it. there's no reason to change translations. I just like how this one sounds a little bit better. Nothing against your translation, no good translation. I'm using NLT here, the New Living Translation, which simply says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. God's will for you. Just always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is tough. must be pretty important if he's saying it's God's will. I don't think we should take that very lightly. He wouldn't just throw that around for no reason. And a quote that really... Struck me. I stole from uh, Scott Risley, who stole it from Ronald Newhouse. (laughs) He says that there's nothing more contradictory than an unenthusiastic Christian. There's nothing more contradictory than an unenthusiastic Christian. So if you're a complaining, joyless Christian, Uh, you're pretty much a walking contradiction to the name of Jesus Christ. And you're denying your own faith. Why? Well, we just read it. It's God's will for us that we're joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances. I thought that was pretty polarizing for me. I don't know about you guys. I struggle with uh, being very critical, complaining, complaining, and, uh, I mean, it doesn't help me at all. It just kind of spreads poison, and also uh, my mind feeds off of that, and then I start spreading that to other people. So I think, I think Paul's on a good point here, helping us to really get our minds set in the right direction. Being joyful, never stop praying, being thankful in all circumstances.
1: Correct. Also, it's like you on a negative, it's going to destroy you as a person. So, mm-hmm. like God going to do this. It's like an it of God's working in the midst of that circumstance like and kind of struggle. So, yeah, learning to train the mind to change differently. You know? mm-hmm. It's not easy, it's hard. Oh, when first, you're going through it. It's uh, Peter says, no trial at first, is pleasant, but mm-hmm. if you learn from it, learn to grow up and learn from it. I that
6: you learn how to change perspective on it, and, you know, and then it's like change the whole thing, you know. Mm. Yeah. Preach it, Jeff. Preach it, man. I'll get you up here next week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, that's very true. And so, continuing on, Paul, instead of, talking, uh, instead of complaining and arguing, he explains, well, why? Why am I telling you to do this? Philippians 2 15 through 16, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Famous author once said, shine bright like a diamond. (laughs) Very, very good theologian. Uh, Someone that quote from her. But yeah, we should be different. There should be something different about us. Because of what we have in Christ. A relationship. How he changed our eternity. So it really should be, uh, you know, when you're interacting with someone interacting with us, it should be more like a a breath of fresh air. Something's different about this person. What's so different about them? That's not what I'm typically used to. You know, in the world, people are always just slamming me and uh, talking down on me. But these people are different. They're wanting to ask me questions or get into my life. There should be something different about us as Christians. And I was thinking about you know, my own experience of coming around here back 16 years ago. You know, I can remember the exact first time the exact people involved, Terry, brought me out here. And there was a difference immediately. Like I'm in this car with this random dude who doesn't know me. I'm like 15, 16, random kid. He's picking up, taking 30 minutes to a Bible study, and he's being real. You know, some of, some of the nice people I ever met at that time. And I get here. I meet all these people. Joe took us back. A random guy willing to serve 30, taking 30 minutes home, asking serious questions. There was something different about these people, and that's what kept me coming around. You know, to make that 30 minute drive twice a week uh, when you're in high school making seven bucks an hour. You know it. It was not easy, but it was worth fighting for because I knew there was something different here. This is another teaching. I'm going to steal this from uh, someone else, Gary DeLashman. He's <laughs> another teacher at well. Um, he says that Christianity is the only one of the only groups that's primary focus is not on you, but on others. Christianity is the only group where the primary focus isn't you. It's about who you can serve. Who can I love? Isn't that true, though? When we get here together, it's not about you. It's not about me. But it's about who can I serve today. And uh, I'm not trying to brag on Kevin here, but that was a good serve, bro. Thank you. Because you didn't have to say, yes, I'll teach. But he's like, it's not about me. He even said, it's going to suck. <laughs> it did not but the fact that he was willing to even try to serve, he could have ignored Joe's text. Cool, boy, I'm at work. That's a nice baby.
2: <laughs>
6: but Kevin said, "I'm up for the challenge, and I want to serve you, Joe. I want to help out Carlisle." And boy, what a life change that was for me today, especially. That was so super helpful. And there's more to it as well. John 13:35 talks about our outward focus and how it looks to the world. Who had that?
5: my disciples
6: if you have love for one another yeah. so your love for one another as a community here is what will prove to the world that we are Christians that's what makes us different that spiritual light man shining so bright when people come to False group they're like oh man something's different here what is that all about I want to come back and experience this some more so in conclusion, man, maybe uh, some of you here haven't made that choice yet to uh, follow God, to become a Christian. That's okay. Uh, thank you so much for coming to check us out. One thing I don't want you to take out of this is being a Christian is hard. The guy said tonight, I can't complain anymore. That guy was up there saying that I got to be perfect. Not saying that at all. In fact, we are all fallen human beings. We all came to Christ as we were, which was not perfect. And the beautiful thing about God is that he'll meet you where you're at. So who cares if you complain? We're fallen. It's going to happen. I think that Paul's instructions here were very vital for us as Christians in our walk. But he's not saying that you have to be perfect. God meets you where you are. And then you've been coming around because you've been drawn this light that was mentioned in the passage. the spiritual light because of the love of the body of Christ. That's the wonderful work of God. He brought you here for a very specific reason. And all he wants is a relationship with you. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do a bunch of rituals. You don't have to uh, be perfect, yeah. But God just wants a relationship with you. And the beautiful thing is, it's not hard to do that. Sometimes it's portrayed that you have to go through a bunch of rituals to receive Christ. But it's just simply confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved in that very instant. And what a beautiful transition that will be. Your eternal perspective is changed from eternal separation from God to eternal salvation with God. And we'll all be in heaven one day just having a ball with uh, Joe the <laughs> Third. But yes, that's my invitation to you. That's the gospel, the good news. That God loves you. He cares for you. You're fallen because of sin. We're separated from God. But when you decide to make that decision to follow him in your heart, you can do that here tonight. At the end of this teaching with someone, you can do that on your car ride home. I would just say don't do it. Don't wait too long. Because uh, you don't know what could happen. And I would hate to miss that opportunity. So I highly recommend you making that decision here tonight. For those of you who are Christians, let's talk about summer. Woo! I don't know if you guys are listening, but old baby, it's about to be a relaxed city. We got teachings every other week. There's less CTs because, uh, oh man, there's holidays and stuff, or people are going on retreats or vacations. You know, maybe it's combined CTs so it's just too many people here, maybe just stay back at home, streamed. Uh, I don't wanna be around too big of a crowd. I would say after what we read tonight, huddling up is not the answer. Huddling up is not what Paul is speaking about when he's saying, let your light shine. I think it's very important. I think we got that from the retreat. That fellowship is important for unity of our fellowship group. There are lots of opportunities. And as we get in these new cell groups, you got even more opportunities coming your way. This summer, I charge you to think about how I can serve these new people in our cell groups. How can I serve the home church? What can I do? You know, maybe some people need some help with yard work, as simple as that. We got a couple new babies on the scene. Maybe they need help with a meal. How can I serve them that way? How can I love them that way? Uh, I know for sure Craig is constantly tearing down trees in his backyard. <laughs> so if you want to help Craig constantly tear down trees, I think you would feel loved by that. But how can I serve my home church? How can I promote this unity and grow with all this extra time that we'll have now because of uh, the summer schedule? And then finally, I have two challenges here. More for men, more for women. Men. Men. I think every one of you here Read and or listen to <laughs> Brent Hanson's new book, The Men We Need. It's actually our church's book of the month. It's very good. Um, it's free on Hoopla, and if you come here, you can even just read it here if you want for free. But it's also free on Hoopla too, to download it. But this book has been very great for me. The Men We Need by Brant Hansen. Didn't hmm. he with the Gospel Coalition? You what? Sure. I don't know. I don't know that one. Sorry. He wrote uh, Blessed are the Misfits and uh, The Truth About Us, if you remember those books. Uh, But I think it's very good for men because it it depicts a great picture of what a godly man is. Uh, It's not about eating raw steaks and chopping down trees, but it's about uh, being fulfilled as God wants us to be as men, defenders of the vulnerable with whatever resources they have. And I think it's a very good book, especially when it's talked about getting out of the virtual realm and how that can suck us in as men with porn, video games. I think that's a very pivotal book, especially for reclaiming our time for this summer. Now, women, well, I have a book for you. <laughs> but I'd say encourage your spouses to read this book or listen to this book. And also, my challenge for you is make a plan for yourselves. How am I going to ingest the Word on a daily basis? How can I ingest some of God's Word on a daily basis? One of the nice things is, you know, with our summer schedule, there's going to be a little more free time. You know, maybe we won't go out as late, or maybe we'll start earlier. Who knows? But maybe use that time even just to get into a couple chapters of the Bible. And uh, that's kind of what he's talking about there in verse uh, 16, holding firmly to the Word of Life. So I think that's, uh, that would be our challenge for you for this summer. Uh, now I want to get a newcomer to our fellowship group. Uh, we're going to invite up Erica Ruppel to share. She's had some experience while we're teaching on tonight about the body of Christ and the light being shown there. So I, I wanted to uh, have her share with you guys what she experienced. Erica
8: Hello, hello, everybody. Hey. So yeah. Some of you guys I know. Some of you guys are newer faces that I don't know. Um, So basically, just kind of go a little bit through what my testimony is and how that relates to the body of Christ. Um, So I grew up going to church on and off with my family. Um, Didn't really intake a lot of what was said, but can remember having fun at Vacation Bible School in the summers and all of that. Um, However, my mom did not have a very good interaction with multiple churches, so she ended up leaving both of them and we stopped going. So through that, we were also going through a lot of challenges when it came to my health because since I was five years old, I've had juvenile arthritis. So that meant I had to relearn how to dress myself, relearn how to use utensils, um, be in pain constantly, go to doctor's appointments, multiple times a month. And worst of all, I had to miss a lot of school, which means a lot of kids were jealous of me, and I also didn't get to form a lot of close relationships with people because of that. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of early childhood, but... Um, you know had a little bit of friends and one person that's really vital to this was uh, Bethie now Yorker um, mm-hmm. I've known her since elementary school and we were really close at one point kind of drifted away however um, when I was in college and going to school in Chicago um, she got in touch with my sister through the molars and They both were like, hey, why don't you come out to this Bible study when you're back on breaks? And I was like, I don't really know if I want to do this. Um, I'm kind of home, just want to relax, done with school. Um, But they kept pursuing and asking, and so I accepted. And I came out every once in a very long while on Christmas break. Um, My spring break was a different week, so I came out to one of the spring teachings Um, and then I was here during the summer and um, came out to a few hangouts and teachings, but I was like, oh, I don't really know what to think about Jesus and about this church thing. It was very new to me. However, there was something about the people, about Bethy and Frankie and Megan Savage, all willing to go out of their way to drive a half hour to Hudson to come get me and bring me back to whether it was Um, CTs or hangouts um, at the parks here in Kent and that stuck with me and even when I said no and didn't go out they still kept asking me. So I ended up going back to school in the fall and things weren't going well at all and everyone was for their own gain and people weren't really relational and I was getting very depressed while I was there and lonely and the only thing that I could think about were all the people that I had met when I was coming around to Bible study and throughout that fall semester I ended up deciding to switch my major and quit that school and move back to Ohio permanently instead of pursuing things in Los Angeles that I had been starting to set up for an internship and potentially a job later on. Um, So I came back, and over that summer, I ended up getting real close with people, and it was um, Labor Day Camping of 2017 that I ended up accepting Christ in my tent after I had listened to people's testimonies. (laughs) And it wasn't all the evidence that I thought that I was going to want to listen to or try to figure out all... Um, The facts and everything because all the medical stuff. i had gone through that's where my brain went was the facts nope, it was the people and it was the relationships that got me and While we've had a lot of ups and downs I've had a lot of fights with them because I had to learn how to have genuine relationships Even through all of that We all still fought for each other and even when we were angry with each other And that's something that is very unique that I have never had in my life before and um It's just something that you don't really see in the world. I see a lot of families and friendships that are ripped apart. And so that's something that is worthwhile when you accept Jesus and you continue to pursue the people that are in your community. So that's a little bit about me for you guys that don't know.
6: Thank you. Amazing. Thank you, Erica. Uh, Welcome as well to our TAR fellows. It would be very, very cool to have you. Um, well, that's all we have. Are there any questions or complaints?
2: <laughs> oh.
6: See what I did there? <laughs> we'll oh. oh. was a joke, yeah. It was, a, yeah. It was, a joke it was a joke. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. That was a good question. Anything?
3: I thought you oh. did a really good job. Um, I liked how, Kevin, you explained, like, I really like that um, work out your salvation verse. Um, and I think that you just handled it really well, um, being able to explain that we don't necessarily lose our salvation, but the more we work out with our salvation, the more we try to pursue that, the more uh, we get to experience the good things like that God has for us, and that we get more spiritual energy, and I don't know. I like. Um, I think this was a good challenge for me with not complaining because um, I think that oftentimes I'm like, oh, I don't complain that much. I'm one of the more positive people. Oh. Um, but recently, it's just like been like, like my complaints are dumb and I know that, and so, like, um, I'll always preface that and kind of, like, justify them where, like, oh, but I know it's, like, not whatever, and other people have worse problems, and so I'll always, like, follow up with, like, oh, but this is probably the good thing about it, but I still complain instead of just focusing on, like, like, I complain a lot about my job because it's boring and like that's a it's a great job that pays me well and like I'm like I just feel bored and like that's the dumbest thing and like I know that there could be so many good things with that Mm -hmm. but I still choose to complain instead of just focusing on like like, how much better this was than my last job, or yeah. this is how God could be providing for me in the future, or yeah. um, like, house hunting. It's also easy to complain about because the market mm. is trash. Amen, oh, yeah. girl. It's, <laughs> amen. <laughs> yeah. oh. Oh. Um, but I'm like, oh, what is God doing? Instead of just complaining about how the market is trash, maybe I can, like, how can I switch that focus and be grateful that, you know, like Evan's being really wise with our money and our finances and blah, blah,
6: blah, and, you know, so I think that was a really helpful uh, just reminder and challenge for me. Yeah. I appreciate it. That was very cool. That does remind me of something. Uh, You reminded me of what you said of something that I thought of when I was apprentice teaching. Um, Yeah, it's not about, like, uh, the, the key thing I don't, I don't want people to take away is that it's not about like. It sounds super spiritual, you know, like I don't know about you. I'm like again, I'm a critical guy, but it's like oh, just never complain, be thankful. Like that's that's super spiritual, man. Uh, but it's not about that. It's about taking your thoughts captive to the Lord, and being thankful for what you have, like Paul was saying, and like you were mentioning too. That that's what rang it back to me. Like yeah, the market sucks, but like. And Lord, you put me here for a reason. What is that reason? You know? Maybe, maybe we're waiting for something. Maybe not a a, a, a terrible redone house he wants me to have. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, that was one point that I wanted to make sure to take away. It's not like I want you guys to be super spiritual, never ever complain ever again. But it's like well, we're gonna do that. No it's it's gonna happen. It's
1: not like you can and do it.
6: It's You're right. God, God causes that God God the growth. Us, right? right, yeah. So thank I tell you what, I feel a lot better when I'm thankful. That's for sure. I am I'm way better mood when I'm being thankful for what the Lord has done. Uh, complaining never makes me happy, that's for sure. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I really appreciate that r- reminder. Uh, Kayla. Uh first of all, I've really been challenged to tell you to the above. Oh, you've been challenged!
2: <laughs> <laughs> what
6: well, do you know I'm about halfway done with it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Ooh, got off the hook. That was easy. there was a lot of good stuff in the
7: teaching so I'm trying to like take a cheating and concise so I'm not talking for twenty minutes. good. As you know I'm also a complainer. What? There's, like I oh. <laughs> I don't know, it's like satisfying to do even though like So it's hard to like think and not do that. Um, but I thought your uh, First Thessalonians 5:16. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
6: Yeah, it's like, man, I don't want to be a Christian. This guy is always upset. This yeah. looks terrible. Yeah, like that is-
7: step out and to do that, like, it's, he's been really, like, rewarding in a sense that, like, uh, it, it is, um, like, it does give you a lot of energy. It is really fulfilling. It's exciting. And in comparison, the staying home, doing nothing is, like, it's comfortable, but it's so boring in comparison. It's not joyful. It's not exciting. And the more that I find myself, like, showing up to the thing not to make it like a checklist thing like Mm -hmm. I have to do this on obligation but the more like I trust God and I'm like okay I'm going to go to this thing and I kind of don't really feel like it like but I'm trusting you that, you know why shouldn't I Mm -hmm. it ends up being really good Mm -hmm. and and each time I do that like it kind of builds on the last time Mm -hmm. Um, and makes it like oh yeah this
6: Mm. It's good for yeah, very cool. Yeah, I always think about the example I heard one time was like, um, how are people outside supposed to see your light shine when you're inside a house? <laughs> like, when you're inside your house by yourself. How can your light shine from there? No one's gonna see that. So, it's uh it's good to get out. Let that light be seen. Oh boy, I don't know who had the hand first. I'm just gonna pick. If I made fun of Craig. I'm gonna go pick Craig first. <laughs>
1: So tonight for dinner Uh-oh. my daughter yeah. really wanted an orange. Okay. And so we're like, we just gotta eat one bite of chicken. And she's like, absolutely not, she just like wouldn't have it. Like she didn't even like lick it and just was like, no, she like threw it. Jeez. Oh, you, you can have an orange, you just gotta like taste you just gotta eat a bite of chicken. She cried for half an hour. Oh my Literally god. Literally half an hour. She wanted to get up from the table. She chose to be in timeout instead of. Oh. <laughs> came back to the table begging for an orange. She finally, after half an hour, ate a piece of chicken and decided it's delicious. Oh. She begged for more. She ate an entire chicken. She didn't. We gave her the orange. She didn't even want the orange. She didn't want the orange. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah after this teaching I'm like, okay, I think that relates a lot to like my, my complaining because I'm like, I complain a lot and I complain about like all the housework I have to do and the car repairs and the meetings I have to sit through and class forever at work and you know, the kids crying and screaming and stuff. But, like, all the things I complain about are things that I at one point prayed for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's, and yeah. Kind of, like, wow. The point that you're making about,
6: like, you're ultimately
1: complaining against God, it's true. It's
6: like, I don't know. It's like you're sitting there, like, complaining about the chicken without even realizing, like, how good it is, you know? So, like, God wow. wants to take care of us, I mean, we it. Damn, dude. That's, uh, that's. Yeah. The Lord gave you prime example for today yeah. wow that's that's yeah that's true yeah a lot of things we're asking for and then like yeah, it is easy, it's easy to turn around you gave me this lord but now i don't like it now i don't want it i don't like that you put me here so you make good chicken is what you're saying okay I,
2: I make
6: good oh you made. oh <laughs> who really made the chicken okay she made the chicken all right All 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 right, next cookout. Looks like Erica's bringing chicken, right? Okay. Lacey? Thanks, Lacey. I saw Mary. Last one. And, uh, last one. Um, yeah, so you made a comment about like being in the
5: company Yeah, yeah. has been like really overwhelming and it's been like one thing after another. and having this like negativity even when I go to work. Well, I work from home. But I don't know, I've been like, long story short, it's like today I just, instead of responding negative or not responding at all, I just responded with like, hey, I love you. I want a relationship with you.
6: That's uh, powerful stuff, too. I mean, I'm sure that your brother's probably getting beat up by the world. And for someone to come along and not beat him up and just say you love him and you want a relationship with him, I mean, that's that's going to stick with him more than just give him $200. That's going to be way powerful for him. That's very very cool. Very cool. Wow. Um, okay. Well, I'll pray. you going to say something? Uh, I did not know if you were. I thought you said you were going to say something. Um,
4: so I had a similar thing like what Craig uh, was talking about. I think I had an opportunity uh, to do this training. and I had an opportunity for some people to, to do an evaluation about me. Uh, and a bunch of them did. And the one guy, he, he said, he wrote me an email separately. Hey, I did your evaluation. But they didn't have a place where you normally there's, you know, you put like three comments. And uh, the dude he said, there wasn't a place on the forum where I could just write a couple of other comments, so I'll give you them here. Okay. He's like, man, you complain a lot. And oh wow. I, and, and I'm like, no, oh, it, it put me back, you know? Wow. Um, but he was right. And so uh, I had, I had we have a, Bible, a prayer meeting at work, it was that day, and uh, I talked to the guys there about it. It was like, it was pretty cool um, to be able to share that. But like like Craig was saying, you know, this this job is the very job that I prayed for. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a gift from God. It Still, is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. It makes provision for my family. Um, I can do something useful, right? It's, it's a gift, in that way, it's a gift for me. Um, and so, instead of instead of me trying to be try how things, how I think things ought to be. In a broken world, I would I would set them up this way, but the world's broke. Like everything's messed up, people are messed up, stuff messed up, stuff rusts and breaks, and it doesn't work right. Um, and so there's always problems at at, uh, at the job. Um, nothing is nothing is is a following God's design. God's design got messed up, and it's okay to grieve that. Right? That's that's like legit. Lord, this isn't how you design it. You know, designed for stuff to decay and stuff like that. But um, so my daughter asked me today, you know, how's work going, Dad? I'm like, well, it's about the same, but my attitude about it is different. Hmm. And so that that was cool to say. Yeah. Um, and it is it's, a, it's it's either about me or it's about God, like you were saying. And, and when it's about me, I want to complain because mm-hmm. it's not everything's not about me. The other people aren't all about me. And, uh, and
6: I'm all about me. Mm. And so when I'm all about God, it's what it does. Yeah. Speak big dynamic change, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Thanks, uh, Terry, for sharing that. Well, very exciting. Uh, I'll pray this down. I'm very excited to uh, commence the summer schedule. We got some big events planned for off Thursdays. So stay Thank tuned. You. We'll probably post them a week in advance so you can prepare, but uh, the activities for Thursday. has been planning some things. No, so we have an actual teaching next week. That's on week. The week after, we will have our first summer activity. So um, stay tuned for that. Also, don't forget about the Memorial Day Cookout. It's a very good opportunity to bring some friends or family who want to experience uh, uh, this church's outreach to the community. And maybe some folks can experience love of the body of Christ there seeing the light shine right in this parking lot mm-hmm. from how we uh, interact with each other. I think that that would be very cool. That
5: we're on hot dogs and and not on burgers as was at some point some
6: That's a very good rumor. I think it's true. Yeah. I think it's true. So, we'll we'll probably make a post of uh, we'll Probably make a post. Make a post. We'll don't, don't,
5: don't buy, a, don't bunch, buy a, bunch a bunch of burgers. burgers. <laughs> and then, like be sanded.
6: We're not going <laughs> to Yeah. Oh shoot. That's very good. Uh, uh, really, someone, else. someone else so we got a couple weeks for that so be praying for, uh, praying for that uh, I know Kayla's mom is coming that is that is a big breakthrough so my mom actually invited her mom <laughs> so so folks will probably appreciate she'll probably appreciate some support from you uh, with just talking with her mom and if anyone else if people are coming in a prayer group or, or mention it on the Facebook page we'll be praying for those people to come to the cookout so it'll be a good opportunity All right, Lord, thank you so much for uh, all the amazing things you've done for us. You put us here for a reason, and um, we just thank you for that. And uh, although sometimes our situations aren't the greatest, um, you definitely know way better than we know. And uh, it's just uh, a fact of uh, taking our thoughts captive to you. Just pray, Lord, this summer we can remember that, to remember to be joyful and thankful for where we are uh, in our walks and, and where we are physically. Uh, whether it be our jobs or houses. Um, just We just thank you so much for, for, for all this. I thank you just for everyone here. I mean, um, I wouldn't be here for if it weren't for a lot of people here. So um, we're just truly thankful for that. Pray for some uh, sweet fellowship here tonight. Uh, thank you for a wonderful day before uh, it gets blazing hot these next couple of days. Uh, I, I pray, Lord, that uh, you just be with us as we invite our friends, family out to the cookout. I just pray you could open up a door there for maybe some communication about you and showing them the love of the body of Christ. And uh, we're just excited to uh, grow one another and just pray, Lord, you can show us opportunities where we can serve each other uh, with this extra time we'll have this this summer. Um, So, yeah, thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.